Welcome to part two of making the sale. Um, we talked about selling is the idea in the context of this podcast of passing your product or your service or your idea on to other people, not just in exchange for money. A matter of fact, I used a definition, uh, I think it was from Webster's 1828 dictionary that, that defines it as that's, that's the, the thrust of making a sale is that you're able to pass things on to someone else. Now, there should be an exchange, but in a kingdom perspective, that exchange doesn't always come to the person you pass the product or the service or or the influence, the idea onto. It comes from someone else or some other place that God causes it to happen because you sowed into someone else. He brings it in from another place. So we are all trying to sell something, right? Um, whether it's your actual employment is to pass your product, service, or idea onto others, or uh, you know, it, when we're trying to share the gospel with people, that's what we do. We, we are trying to pass the idea uh, that Jesus died for your sins, that you need a Savior, that you're going to give an account for the deeds done in the body, that God loves you. He died for you while you were still a sinner. That's what we do. We're trying to convince people and sort of, in a way, make a sale, but certainly not because we can reciprocate uh, from the, most of the people we reach out to. You know, maybe churches on the outside, but certainly not when we go into prisons. For those that aren't familiar with Life on the Verge, if you're a new listener, we are a nonprofit. We call ourselves musicianaries, and probably about 90% of our work is in prisons. We take high-quality concert events into prisons, and we share our story in the gospel. We go in to entertain the crowd, edify the church, evangelize the lost, and empower the work of the ministry. And we want to thank all of you who help us stay on the road in prison. You know, we just added that last uh, E. We, we were saying we entertain the crowd, edify the church, evangelize the lost. But there's another E, and that is we empower the work of the ministry. And I, I want to, let me pause the, the topic here for a second and say thank you for helping us fly our drummer up from Florida for rehearsals. We just finished three days of pretty hardcore rehearsals uh, at my house. He just flew out this morning, and uh, the other guys are local. And you you are enabling us to empower these guys for the work of the ministry, and we want to thank you for doing that because um, our, our all, all of these men have had their challenges in life. They're all older than me. I'm almost 60, and uh, they all have quite the story to tell. And that's part of the make what makes our ministry even more effective when we go into prison. You know, these men have been broken by life, and yet they've been healed. And so they can talk about the healing. Uh, and so, our for example, um, our our bass player. I, I don't know much about him. He plays in in local bars. I know that he plays in several different bands. But I'd met him because I went out and played a couple of open mics, and I try to build networks with local musicians around town years ago. And I don't know. I just saw him on Facebook, and I thought, you know, this guy maybe, you know. And so I contacted him, and I needed to make a sale, didn't I? Uh, wanted to let him know we're going to compensate you. I, you know, it's great when you can find people who are just called of God to do everything for free to pour their life blood out. But not everybody has that, that level of calling, but they still want to be used. And not everybody knows how to raise funds. And so we've kind of been the conduit or the, the way to help these guys get on the field, at least in the initial stages here. And down the road, they might do a better job of raising some funds for things they do. But nonetheless, you've helped us do this. And so uh, our bass player, 
Um, I, I know all I know about him is that he, he has been through a divorce. He lives alone and he tries to stay pretty active with music, I'm sure, because there's some loneliness there. Maybe I'll learn more about his story. You know, in the beginning, I wasn't even sure about his level of faith, but we prayed each time. He said amen. So um, he knows what he's getting into and he is going to experience something that's very hard to describe. He plays mostly around, we went and saw him at a club, as a matter of fact, on Friday night, and the place was packed, and it was great, okay? But it does not compare to playing for a packed auditorium of inmates that are eager. They never get anything like this. It it is just incredible, the feedback, the appreciation, the sense that you have that you really did something with your skill to... uh, bring some some light into a very dark place. So that's our bass player, our guitar player, uh, Michael, who's did some work with us in the past. Um, he's a strong believer, used to play on our worship team, but also played in some bands around town. Has been quite a, a linchpin in helping me meet a lot of people around town over the years. Uh, he's had a couple of heart attacks, and he was in three different bands and had to put it all down. And uh, let me put it this way. When we went out to the club, to see this, I was just really an Irish pub, to see this band on Friday night, um, I put on Facebook a poster of the people that we were taking out, and Mike was on the poster. And another musician I hadn't seen since before the lockdowns, uh, he walks up to me, he's like, hey man, it's good to see you. And his first question to me was, how the hell did you get Mike Souter out of his house? So Mike is the, the guy that's coming with us. And, uh, you know, it was a world I was in, so bear with it. Um, but nevertheless, that's part of our ministry is to get Michael say, man, you still have worth. You still have value. Your skill is still extremely, extremely important, um, in, in moving the kingdom forward. You know, the scripture says, even in old age, um, we bear fruit. And so the tendency, the older we get is to slouch back, to shrink back. And the Bible clearly says God isn't pleased when we do that. So part of our deal is to try to get these guys up and out, you know, moving forward, give them a sense of accomplishment, let them sow some love, acceptance, worth, and security in the lives of other people so that they can receive that from God and from other people that God moves on around them, right? Okay, I'm getting getting ahead of myself. I want to just talk to you about our drummer real quick. I want you to pray for these guys, okay? It's Matt, Mike, and another Mike. And this is Mike Trailer. Mike Trailer. Now this guy, miracle I met this guy. He played drums for Tommy Two-Tone 8675309 for like 20 years. He was his touring drummer. He played uh, he toured with Don Henley, some mate Leon Everett if you remember that guy from way back country guy, but he's played he's been on national TV. He's played a packed Wembley Stadium. This guy has experienced rock star life. And uh, he had Finally gotten a job, a really well-paying job working for the state of Florida. He was the, the chief sound engineer for the Capitol Complex in Tallahassee. And a guy that worked for him uh, went crazy, workplace violence, and, and beat him mercilessly one day. for re- I mean, this guy's the most mild-mannered guy you'd ever meet. This other dude had apparently tremendous anger problems. But out of that, Michael ended up with a form of Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, that that can be fatal, but isn't as fatal as Lou Gehrig's. It can be managed. Um, it really has created massive nerve damage and things like controlling his body temperature and all that stuff. And so he's finally gotten that under control with medication, but he lost it all. 
he, he couldn't stay in that job. He ended up getting some disability. He couldn't go out and play music like he used to. He would go out and tour during the summer, even when he had that job. And that's when he played Wembley Stadium with uh, a band called the Magic Band, which was an offshoot of Captain Beefheart. If there's any fans out there of that kind of music. But uh, nevertheless, excellent player who really, you have to imagine, was feeling kind of like, well, why? what now? What now? And so thanks to my friend Tony Loeffler, who introduced me to Michael, uh, both Tony and I bring Michael out into prisons, and well, he's the one you flew in, into Richmond from Florida the last few days so that we could rehearse and empower him and say, yes, man, you are super skilled. You, and, you, and not only that, he loves Jesus. You, you are able to come in and make an impact, and he is just loving life. You know, he's Still struggles a little bit with some of the physical things, uh, but he presses through it. And so just thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for helping us empower the work of the ministry. So we're talking about making the sale. Let's get back to the topic here. Now, even with those guys, I had to somehow sell them on the idea that this, this is something worth doing, you know, that you have a skill that can be used in a way that you may have never seen before, that God is going to use you to do something with your guitar or your drums or your voice that that you have may, maybe never experienced before. You know, even to this day, uh, my son, who's performed in front of thousands of fans uh, around the world now, he just finished a European tour, will say, the best gigs I ever did was in prison, and I look forward to getting back there and doing that. Pray about that. We're working on an opportunity for him to do that. But... Nevertheless, making the sale, you are trying to make a sale every day of something, right? Uh, Whether it's trying to sell your wife on where to go for dinner or uh, it's trying to sell your product or your service, your idea through a blog post or, or, or through a book you wrote or through this podcast, we're trying to somehow get buy-in from other people, maybe not full agreement, but we're trying to influence other people. And hopefully, we're thinking beyond the sun. I mentioned that in the first uh, podcast, you know, that we read the book of Ecclesiastes, and he said over and over, here's a guy that had everything money could buy. I mean, cons- we most or many scholars think it was Solomon that wrote Ecclesiastes, who had so much he coated everything in gold, you know, his furniture, his banisters, I mean, just filthy, filthy rich. Um, and he ended up saying, it's all meaningless, everything under the sun. So we as believers have to live with a mindset that goes beyond the sun, okay? And that's why we want to make a sale, pass our products, our ideas, and, and our services ultimately out of a motivation of, of love. I really want to help people. Seth Godin said that marketing, which is what we have to do to make sales, um, is the generous act of helping someone solve a problem. Um, he says their problem. Marketing helps others become who they seek to become. I've got a friend that's in the real estate business. And he's got to market that business. Now, if if his goal was only to make, he's a believer and God has prospered him. He's launched his own thing. He's got into real estate late in life, but it's growing and uh, he's brought on staff. And I know good and well, he thinks beyond, first, he's trying to sell the house for the seller. Uh, he's trying to help people buy a house out of the motivation to really help them, you know, to 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 demonstrate uh, love to them, you know, um, and and so if we approach what we're doing 
are, are, we have that kind of conviction, that kind of work ethic in what we do, it really is ultimately, whether the person can, can see that or not necessarily, it's in our heart. That's what we're trying to do. And when the person can't reciprocate, especially in what we do in prisons, obviously the inmates can't, but we don't take up offerings. They can't really do much in return other than drop us a letter, and sometimes those really do bless us. Um, we know that God will, will take care of us. You know, uh, it's been said that the greatest need of man is to find love, acceptance, worth, and security. I've talked about that before. Um, and we know, well, first off, um, how how uh, do we sow these things? Well, even, even worse, or even diff, more different, I should say. I'm scrambled this morning. I'm sorry. I didn't even know I was going to get this podcast done. I'm doing it in the midst of the f- mess we've got to get ready to hit the road for months. Um, but if we know these things, that, that the greatest need of man, including you, including me, is for love, acceptance, worth, and security. Laws, easy way to remember that. Um, how do we go about getting them? You know, especially, well, let, let's ask this. Um, well, first off, if we seek those things apart from God, that's what the Bible calls living in the flesh. And that's living under the sun, trying to find love, acceptance, worth, and security ultimately in stuff under the sun will leave us flat. We need to receive that from God. But how do we how do we get a sense of feeling God loves us? It's very hard to sow something. It's really hard to show the love of God when you don't feel loved yourself. And we're all in different seasons of life, different going through different things. Um, we can have these feelings, and they are feelings. Okay. How can we love if we don't feel loved? How can we accept others if we don't feel accepted? How can we add value to others when we feel worthless? Or how can we give security to others in the midst of our own uncertainty? And maybe, maybe we ask the question, why do it in the first place? Why give our best to people who maybe don't appreciate or can't reciprocate what we're giving? Well, that goes back to the story of Jonah and Nineveh, Right? Well, he, he had a bitter heart. He didn't want to share uh, God's mercy with the Ninevites. They're, they're wicked people. They don't deserve the mercy of God. And God set him straight. And so we now have the example of Jesus. God gave his best to us, knowing that most people would not receive his gift. Yet he did it anyway. He sowed his best to reap the people that would believe on Jesus. And so that's why we, how we receive, by the way, how we receive love and acceptance and, and value or, or uh, worth and security is by sowing it into the lives of other people. Now, that's easier said than done because in most cases, and I believe in the cases where the payoff is likely to be greater, the enemy will fight us and we will have to use faith. We do it by faith. We do it anyway. Let me tell you right now, this morning, I wasn't necessarily in a funk, but I was absolutely exhausted. We had three, well, my friend was here for five days. For three days, we did five-hour rehearsals. And uh, boy, that'll wear you out. We were just wasted, tired by the time it was over. And then this morning, I got up at six o'clock and took him to the airport. We got a massive amount of work in front of us. And it really was not even on my radar, <coughs> excuse me, to do a podcast. 
But I was praying and, and uh, just felt like, you know what? I need some energy. I need some, just some sense of God's with me, that I've got what it takes, you know? And, uh, and how do I get that? How do I reap what I need? Well, I sow into the lives of other people, you know, I, and, and so I encourage you to do the same thing, especially when you don't feel like it, okay? That may translate into making that phone call, sending that email, having that conversation, whatever it is, it's sometimes when you don't feel like it, that's exactly the time to sow love, acceptance, worth, and security into other, other people. And especially, you know, I think God has a special place in his heart for the outcast, the outlaw, the underdog, those people out in the fringes, the margins, uh, when we reach out to them that maybe most of the world's forgotten about, um, I think that moves the heart of God, I really do, in whatever ways that we can. You know, not everybody is called to work a homeless shelter or sometimes, well, you guys that give to our ministry, you're doing that. And so we thank you for that because we couldn't do it without you, but you look for opportunities to sow love, acceptance, worth, um, and security into the lives of other people, especially those that can't reciprocate. So I got up this morning, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I said it in this podcast yet, but I didn't really feel like I was going to get a podcast done with all the stuff we have to do to pack up and shut down our house and hit the road for months. Um, and I was not in a funk, just physically exhausted from the rehearsals. I took my buddy to the airport this morning, got up really early. And uh, we're going to church here in a little bit. Then after church, we're going to dinner with a donor. Um, and she's kind of talkative, the sweetest thing in the world. I'm, I mean, she's wonderful. I love to hear her talk. Don't get me wrong. But I, And I'm talkative, too. So I know it's by the time we get back to the house this afternoon, uh, we're going to be even more tired. But we've got a colossal amount of work in front of us. And I, I was just really on my face in prayer in my studio, just, you know, just talking to the Lord for a minute, and I, I got up, and, you know, I, I Lord, I, I just need a word of encouragement, you know, and I don't advise you to do this necessarily. It doesn't always work, but it, it produced this podcast today, let me tell you. I reached out to my bookshelf, not even looking at it, and grabbed a book, and the book that I grabbed, I've, I've read a couple of times, I got a lot of highlights in it, is a book called the Winning Attitude, Your Key to Personal Success by John Maxwell. I had a bookmark in the book, and I, again, I, this, this stuff can get a little flaky, so be, be careful with it. But I would say a little prayer. to I, I felt like the Lord said, just read where you put the bookmark. So I opened it up, and here's what I read. He quotes William Arthur Word, says this, if you are wise, you will forget yourself unto greatness. Forget your rights, but remember your responsibilities. Forget your inconveniences, but remember your blessings. Forget your own accomplishments, but remember your debts to others. Forget your privileges, but remember your obligations. Follow the examples of Florence Nightingale, Albert Schweitzer, and of Abraham Lincoln and Tom Dooley, and forget yourself into greatness. And Maxwell goes on to comment, If you are wise, you will empty yourself into adventure. Remember the words of generous General Douglas MacArthur, There is no security on this earth. There is only opportunity. Empty your days of the search for security. Fill them with a passion for service. Empty your hours 
of the ambition for recognition. Fill them with aspiration for achievement. Empty your moments of need for entertainment and fill them with the quest for creativity. If you are wise, you will lose yourself into immortality. Lose your cynicism. Lose your doubts. Lose your fears. Lose your anxiety. Lose your unbelief. Remember these truths. A son must soon forget himself to be long remembered. He must empty himself in order to discover a fuller self. He must lose himself to find himself. Man, that's, that was great for me this morning. Um, I can get that attitude of Jonah. Why do all this work for these men and women that have done the most heinous things in prison? But then I go back to, man, God sure pulled me out of a pit. And uh, it's out of gratitude that I've got to do it. It just, this was a, a great little little quote to read, a little part of the book. And it's a great book, by the way, The Winning Attitude. If you're feeling a little funky, that's a good one to read. But forget yourself. You know, if you're like me, um, I like things to be in order. I like I like my the ducks to be in a row. I'm not super pragmatic, but there's certain things that I just like it to be done right. There's nothing wrong with that. We should strive for excellence. But sometimes it's absolute chaos, isn't it? And, uh, you know, we're stepping out to do a thing, by, and all we have to lean on is faith and hope that we remember what we're supposed to remember, to do what we're supposed to do. But the, our manger is extremely dirty and messy because there's an ox in it. I can't reap a harvest without the ox. You remember that proverb, Proverbs 14, 4, I think it is. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but with the oxen comes abundant harvest. Well, if you want everything to be perfectly in order, neat and tidy and never messy, it's going to be hard to bear fruit. It's going to be hard uh, to maximize your potential, and it's going to be hard to make the, the sale, so to speak. You know, any of you guys that have ever did any writing, you know that to be true. If you've ever written a book or even a podcast or something, or a blog post, rather, you know, it's the rewrite, it's the editing, it's the messiness of it all. It's the having to let go of other things so that you can do this thing, and life just gets messy. But by faith, we move forward. And if behind all of that is that you have this genuine sense that you are trying to sow love, acceptance, worth, and security into the lives of other people, security in Jesus ultimately, right, into the lives of other people, that God's going to give you everything you need. Story of our ministry, by the way. And uh, I make no boast in my flesh, just like Paul. I make no boast in our flesh, because let me tell you, there's been some kicking and screaming and, and some difficult and some challenging things. My flesh is nasty, just like yours sometimes. But the Spirit of God in me somehow has kept us propelled and pushed us and kept us going. Just take another step. Just take another step and keep that motive that you are trying to communicate the gospel ultimately. And really, no matter if you're you're selling that chicken sandwich or that widget or that product or that service or, or that idea, whatever, behind it all is, man, let, let people see Jesus in what I'm trying to do. You know, when we play secular clubs, for example, we can't preach um, but inevitably, we always end up talking to somebody about the Lord, that people just see it in us. They see it in our motivation. We, we, we try to rid ourselves of, you know, an appearance of selfish ambition and, and uh, we're somebody, we're something. Um, but rather, you're the hero in this story. And by the way, that's a good tip uh, that I have to remind myself of frequently when I get in front of a crowd to speak. And even on this podcast, 
you know, um, I talk a lot about our, our ministry and about myself and my experiences. I've, I feel like we should all do that as we have an opportunity, but I'm no hero. You know, the, the, the hero ultimately is Jesus, but when you're trying to make a sale, um, the person is in the spotlight. I'm just like, um, uh, what was his name from Star Wars? You know, the wise old, wise old Yoda, you know, the wise old sage that's trying to help Luke Skywalker become, he's the hero. I'm just trying to help you uh, be better, you to, to make the have the wins in life, and ultimately for a kingdom uh, that goes on forever and ever, something that's beyond the sun, that when we all stand before Jesus, um, we will have lived for something bigger than this life has to offer, and uh, we'll look at each other and give each other a wink or an embrace or a handshake and say, we did it, we did it. You know, through this nasty, sinful flesh that fought back so hard sometimes, there was this faith, this hope, and that as I stepped out and and lost myself in trying to somehow, some way, communicate love and acceptance and worth and security to other people, to somehow communicate the love of Jesus really to other people, God brought in where everything I needed and sustained me so that I could keep moving and keep uh, bearing fruit, even in old age. For you guys that are getting up toward retirement, you know, the big dream of this world is to retire on the golf course and do nothing. Uh, you know, um, that's tempting. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind a sabbatical or whatever, but man, there's something worse than the loss of, of freedom in this life, we tell inmates all the time, and that's a loss of purpose. And, you know, these guys that were taken on the road, part of it is to give them purpose. And, uh, you know, there's been times when I question, am I dragging Susan along on some ride? You know, she's had some physical challenges over the years, far more than me. And uh, feeling like, man, you know, am I just dragging her along for the ride because I have this burden and I have this, you know, desire to want to do this thing? And is she just following me because she loves me? And and so I'll ask her, you know, not long ago, you know, she went through a sepsis infection and landed in the hospital and came really close to death. And praise God, she's still here and ready to go. But it certainly made me examine, you know, am I am I giving her what she needs, you know? And uh, by the way, that's as key to a successful marriage is to show your wife or your husband love, acceptance, worth, and security the best that you can, even if they don't reciprocate right away, right? You don't feel like they're appreciating it. Um, but uh, so I asked her point blank, I said, are we doing what you feel called to do? You know, I've kind of been the leader in this this deal. And and she looked at me and she go, of, goes, of course. I mean, this gives me purpose, you know, and, and so here we go again on another tour. And uh, it's it's quite rigorous for, you know, the age that we're getting up to be. But I got my friend Tony Loeffler, he's out there, he's 75 years old, he's still doing it. My friend Jimmy, he's out there. He's, I think, 10 years older than me. He's still doing it. And so we're going to keep pressing on, knowing that if we, we I, you know, physically, what, what was it Paul said? Outwardly wasting away, but inwardly being renewed day by day. And so, yes, our bodies may get tired or more tired. We may not have the energy level we used to have, um, but God can quicken these mortal bodies, can't he? Uh, he can bring life to these mortal bodies and help us, give us the energy that we need if our ultimate goal is to demonstrate His love, His acceptance, His worth, and the security found in Jesus to other people through whatever it is that's in our hand, whatever it is that we do, 
even though you can't always do it in a very uh, overt way, if you're, you know, I mean, look, I, 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 no, I always use Chick Fil A as an example, but I love them, man. I love what they've done. Uh, in it's hard if you look very deep beyond that. My pleasure that they all say where you go get service, and we eat at Chick Fil A's all over the country, man, and it's a whole different vibe. Uh, it makes you go, well, what's different? What makes them tick? How are they making more money than than you know other big restaurant chains and they're closed on Sundays? Well, if you look a little deeper, you're going to see what's causing that. And so you can do that with your life as well, uh, no matter what business that you are in, whatever endeavor God has skilled you for and given you opportunity for. So I pray you have a breakthrough week as you go out and you sow what you need into the lives of other people that God brings in all the love, all the acceptance, all the sense of worth and value, and all the sense of security in Christ that you need you'll receive that. And we're believing God for fantastic breakthroughs on this journey. We ask you to pray for us this today. I'm recording this on Sunday morning. We roll out on Tuesday morning. We don't do our first uh, event until Friday afternoon. We load in at two o'clock and we will begin walking around the campus of Parchman Farm Prison. Uh, again, one of the largest and darkest, most violent prisons in the nation with quite a history. Do a little study on it. You'll be amazed. Um, we know God is bringing revival to this place, and we are so excited to be a part of it. We're believing for incredible breakthroughs. We ask you to pray for us, and certainly, I mean, really, pray for us. Just lift us up. If you've got any newsletter or something, you can put it in your fridge. Just, I believe prayers matter, even those little ones that seem inconsequential. God hears when His people pray. Uh, pray for our security, or our safety, rather, I should say, our safety. Pray for favor with the administration and pray that God continues to move on the hearts of people to give as they're able financially to keep us out here doing this. And again, thank all of you that do so into our ministry. We couldn't do it without you. We're all going to stand before Jesus and uh, we did it together. Go have a great week and make that sale. Pass your idea, your service, your product on to others. Um, with behind your eyes, let them see the love of God. Bless you. Sometimes falling angels fly. Just a reminder that Life on the Verge is a debt-free, fully donor-funded 501c3. All your gifts are tax-deductible, and we appreciate them. You can find out more at Life on the Verge. Make your donation there, or you can find the address to mail your gift to. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you so much. God bless.